as one who has been entrusted with the onerous responsibilities of guiding our young republic through these difficult times, I must confess that it is always a source of deep pleasure and encouragement to me to receive assurances of the support of the people and their continuing determination to persevere until complete victory is achieved. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Biafra Fire Podcast. As you must have already known by now, what we do here is try to sensitize people, try to tell people what is going on, try to keep people focused on the Biafran fight, on the need to consistently confront the Nigerian state, to confront them through protests, through riot, through social media, through any way that we can think of, any non-violent way that we can think of. This is what this podcast seeks to do. This podcast seeks to let people know that there is a fight going on and that this is a fight we cannot afford to lose. Usually the structure of the podcast is that there's a news from Biafra land, the land of the rising sun. There's the news of the world. Then I discuss a Nigerian nonsense in focus because there's always a Nigerian nonsense happening going on that has to be focused on. And then I close with a quote of the day. But boy, oh boy, this past few weeks has been so action-packed. It's been, it's been very, very informative. And it's an experience that I will not forget in a hurry. As you all know, on the 30th of May was the Heroes Day, a day that all over the world, Biafrans and all supporters of Biafra, all of us of freedom, it was a day that we set apart to live whatever we were doing to honor our dead, to honor the over 3 million people that were slaughtered by the Nigerian Islamist government. And personally, I was in Brisbane, I flew, I flew from Sydney to Brisbane and it was a, we had a rally. We went from, the, for those of you familiar with uh, Brisbane, we went from South Bank Station and we walked. It was a 24-minute walk. We walked all the way to the heart of the city. We had over 4,000 flyers distributed. We had the map. We, we had uh, the, the flag of Biafra. And as a mark of respect, we also had the Australian flag and they were flying. We were walking. People were coming up to us, discussing with us. And we were talking about Biafra, 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 Biafra. It was very enlightening. And one of the things that uh, struck me was that when you try to explain to people about Biafra, they are interested, but it doesn't it doesn't hit home. But once you try to t- once you tell them that it's basically in as much as it's a fight about the clash of cultures, that it's also a fight between the Christians and the Muslims. Now they go, oh, oh, is that what it is? So it strikes home, and then it becomes very tempting to frame this issue to frame this Nigerian Biafran confrontation as one uh, that's gonna be fought or one that's already being fought along religious lines and to be honest it is not entirely a religious confrontation there are issues of religion definitely but 
mostly it's about the unjust nature the unjust treatment meted out on the Biafrans by the Nigerian government. It is what we are confronting and it is what we continue to confront. Um, the the Biafra Day schedule back home in Nigeria ran 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 to ran smoothly. There were Oka was shut down, Enugu, Imo, but even Lagos was completely shut down because people said, look. I must. I may have been. I might have been ignorant in the past, but no more. I will recognize that people died fighting for my freedom, with nothing but sticks confronting the Nigerian armada, confronting the machine gun of the Nigerians with nothing but sticks. People stayed home, and it went very well. People. It's very clear. You will agree with me that the IPOB is nothing less than a parallel government. It issues orders. And it is obeyed. Even Governor Willie Obiano, shameless and ignorant idiot that he is, he ordered government workers to ignore the sit-at-home order and go home and, and go to work. But the workers did not. At the, at the pain or at the risk of losing their job, they their jobs, they persisted. They said, no, no more. We will... We will rest on this day we will sit at home and show our solidarity with our dead and i'm very proud of it there's been reported one death of one kelvin namde 24 year old boy wow 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 on the 30th of may 2018 he was shot by the nigerian military in orata by potakot road about why he was enjoying the sit at home order the army just walked up to him and his friends and started shooting. And an eyewitness said that they were not shooting to disperse them. They were shooting to kill. When they see Boko Haram, they don't shoot to kill. They, 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 they don't shoot at all. But when they come to the east with their trucks parading like as if it's a war front, they shoot innocent people. They shoot innocent boys and girls, harassing people every day. Every single day. This is incredible. Incredible means unable to be believed. This is just unable to be believed. And the international media will say nothing about this. It will be swept under the rug. The rug. What, a, what a shame. What a big, big shame. Uh, the news coming out of Biafra, Ojo Zokalo says, and I quote, we used to kill people. He was referring to a... He was referring to an inter-party fracas that has engulfed the PDP. There's defections left, right, and center. And he was saying that it's a family affair, that people shouldn't worry that everything is under control because in the past, quote, we used to kill people, unquote. And he's just opposed, he's just opposed, he's like putting aside the fact that they used to kill people and that now it's just mere arguments and dissenting views. He's trying to just oppose the two to show that there's no cause for concern. It is only in Nigeria that a former governor can open up his mouth and say, we used to kill people. We used to kill people. No matter the contest you said, you, 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 you explore this, no matter the contest you allege that it was made in, it is never right, never. We used to kill people. What a shame. Guardian Nigeria is reporting that Nigeria lost 224 billion naira to the IPOB sit at home. Look, I don't know where the in Nigeria or in, even in Biafra, I must say we have this 
uh, habit of throwing around figures. I don't know where they got that 224 billion naira for. I don't know if you want to talk to me, talk to me. Let me understand the statistics involved. But nevertheless, 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 224 billion naira, if indeed it was lost during the IPOB sit at home, then I think that our message must have gotten through to the colonial masters, Britain, to the world, and to Nigeria in particular. Uh, look, before I continue, I just want to say that I can be contacted on J-U-X-T-I-X at hotmail.com. That's J-U-X-T-I-X at hotmail.com. The two X's are for X for, X for xylophone. So J-U-X-T-I-X at hotmail.com. And I can also be messaged on WhatsApp or test on plus 614-690-59521. Plus six one four six nine zero five nine five two one. Now moving on to the news coming out of Africa, Burkina Faso has abolished the death penalty. I don't know why this is making the news. I've never believed in the death penalty, and I don't think that when we have a country like Biafra, that we will have the death penalty. No, the death penalty is not a civilized form of punishment, no matter the way you look at it. An eye for an eye is. Is barbaric. It's twelfth twelfth century stuff. It's 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 just it's old. It's it's not the way we do things. A country like Biafra looks to the future. We don't look backwards. So this uh, Burkina Faso abolishing the death penalty. I don't think it should read as news, but anyway, it does. And um, one of the implications is that the brother of ousted president Kampore could now be extradited from France over journalists more than more. I can already I can already see the lawyers arguing that how to what to what extent can Burkina Faso be really trusted to to enforce or actually follow through with the promise to abolish the death penalty or to actually make sure that it's adhered to you know that's an argument that a lawyer can make. But anyway um Moving on, outrage over naked school choir in SA. Apparently, the education minister has criticized their cultural performance in which girls exposed breasts and buttocks. Well, culture and civility tends to clash, all the, uh, clash together all the time, doesn't it? Uh, on YouTube, even on social media, I've always noticed that there's a large number of uh posts dedicated to a section of the african of the south african population that they have this culture where it's apparently accepted for the virgins to dance naked and all the rest of it and i don't know to each their own Uganda is trying to impose a WhatsApp gossip tax. They're trying to cut down on gossip. So they're making people pay for using WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and all the rest of it. Bullshit. Just just stupid policies. Stupid, stupid, stupid policies. A four-year-old can do better than this. Algeria just seized cocaine on a container ship. And um, a former Olympic champion, Asbel Kiprop is saying that he paid drug testers money because he thought when they were trying to test him because he thought they wanted money for fuel or tea. Well, if you grew up in Africa and you're used to paying everybody and everything for every everything, well, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. It's an ingrained culture that you pick up over time. And sometimes even when people do things freely for you, you're surprised because it's... It, 
it's you're not used to it. Uh, the Nigerian nonsense in focus that I want to talk about briefly, very briefly, it's health. Uh, how do you feel when you are sick and you have to go into the into a public hospital? Do you feel confident that you get you get work class treatment? <laughs> I can almost hear you chuckling at that, laughing laughing so hard. Confidence and Nigerian health system, they don't go together. But anyway, look, there's a problem. There's a problem in the Nigerian society. And it's a problem that is so deep and so permeating. It's a problem that runs so, so deep into the fabric of the society that it, it can never be expunged. No matter how willing the people are, no matter how strong the laws are, it can never ever be expunged. What is needed? What is needed is 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 for some housekeeping to be done at the structural level. The tribes don't get along, and they should go their own way. They should go their own way and build their countries their own way. This is never gonna work. It's never gonna work. It is never gonna work. I just said that three times on purpose. It is never. I've been reading Frederick Forsyth's book. Uh, by Afra, the, the making of an African legend. And as far back as the 60s, uh, Awolowo was saying it. Amadabela was saying it. This experiment is not going to work. But anyway, we're running out of time. And um, I'll leave you with this quote from Joe Class, 12 Steps to Happiness. He said that the truth will set you free. But first of all, it will piss you off. We Biafrans have come to the stage where we've understood death. We've made a lot of mistakes. We've been sleeping. We've been trampled upon. We've been taken for granted. And that we've been far, far too docile. But now that we have woken up, now that we have activated that warrior inside of us, now that we have started to honor our dead, things will surely turn out for the better for better for us. And Biafra will surely come. See you next time.